Hey guys, it's Lana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. You guys, this episode today goes down in history as the funniest Seeing Other People episode of all time. I don't think anything could ever possibly top it. Like there might never be a funnier episode. Granted, this is not a comedy podcast, but funny things happen all the time. We have funny guests come on. I do funny, embarrassing, dumb shit. But this episode is unlike all the others when it comes to how funny it is. So get ready. If you need a laugh today, you have come to the right place. If you have a friend who needs a laugh or a smile or who needs to feel better about their dating life, send this episode to them right now. They will be thanking you. I want to keep this intro short and sweet so we can get right into it. Today, we have John Franklin from Netflix's show, The Circle, aka Mama Carol. Um, If you guys don't know about The Circle, John went in as a catfish. It's like, it's quote unquote, a social media competition. Um, I'll have him explain it better. But it's a really, really great show. And he had to convince everybody that he was a real person. He was a catfish. He was playing his mom on the show led to some really hilarious scenes. Um, My favorite was him and Alyssa, who recently came on the show. Um, Alyssa Lube, she was giving him, aka his mom, aka him, um, advice for her sex life with her husband. Um, so John was literally sitting there taking all this advice in about his parents' sex lives, which is fucking hilarious to begin with. Um, but he was amazing on the show, one of my favorite people, and now he's here, and now he is officially even more so one of my favorite people. So yes, I said I was going to keep this short and sweet. I could go on a tangent about how great he is, but I will let you guys hear it for yourselves. Real quick before we get into it, don't forget, like I said, send this episode to your group chat to friends. That's seriously like the greatest thing you can do as a listener to help support the show. Um, don't forget if you want one-on-one sessions with me, either to do a dating app profile revamp or to have an emotional sports human session. If there's something going on in your dating life that you want to vent about, advice you need, or you just need someone to talk to, um, I am here for you. You can book those all at the link in the show notes, or if you'd follow on Instagram, the link in the bio, the direct me is going to have all the links for you. Um, we have 25% off all liquid IV products with the code seeing other people. And that covers it. Let's just get right into it because this episode is so fucking funny. All right, let's bring John in. If you are anything like me and you are going on a date, you're probably like, nervous, but also excited, but just like really want to have a good time, don't want to screw anything up. And you get like the pre-date jitters. Um, For me, there were two things that I would do to help with those pre-date jitters. I would always call a friend for a little pump up speech. And I would also take a happy gummy from Mindset Wellness CBD before my date. It would help me stay in the right mood, being excited, being present, but it would also take away that layer of nerves that was going to stop me from being my best self on the date. I love the happy gummies. They are incredible. They taste great. They don't make you feel high or anything like that. They just make you feel like the best version of yourself. So try them today. Definitely recommend trying them before a date. Mindsetwellnesscbd.com. Use code seeing other people at checkout. That will get you 20% off and free shipping. All right. And we are here with John Franklin, aka Mama Carol from The Circle. I'm freaking out. John, hi. Hey, what's going on? I'm so stoked to be here. This is amazing. I'm more stoked. I think my face is like bright red right now. Like, and it's not I'm not like I'm fangirling a little bit. I'm very excited just because oh, I feel on. like I'm excited because of how 
fun I think this episode is about to be. Oh, for sure. I think we're going to get into a lot of fun stuff. Uh, you know, as somebody who played their mom on a television show, uh, you're very willing to talk about a lot. And to also, fangirling, you're fine. Uh, I definitely don't expect fangirling at any point all the time. So this is, this will be a lot of fun for both of us. Amazing. Well, okay. First of all, I have to ask, how did you end up on the circle and, and how did it change your life? I mean, it's been crazy. Like, I didn't think I would ever be somebody that people cared what they had to say. Like, I was always like, I've always been sort of like the goofy friend who like kind of, I'm, I'm always like the positive guy. Like I've, I've been doing stand up for three years, like just in putting my sketches out in the world and like thinking like, maybe somebody will see it. Maybe it'll matter to one person. And like to have like thousands of people care is crazy. You know, we live in a crazy time in America. Like I'm just going to leave it at that where like, uh, positivity really matters and like having people who are there to listen really matters and like having people who are using their platform for a good reason like that all matters and whether it's like you know a comedian with 40 something thousand followers that you decide like you find solace in i'm happy to be that person if my social media helps you find somebody else like that's really cool too and like that's what i've gotten from the show as far as like this life-changing part of it and like i'm touring as a comedian like that's a that's a thing like i get to say like i'm getting paid to be a professional comedian now and like i don't know i have so much to be grateful about from it and like a lot of people can have a really bad experience on these shows and like not really love it as much but like i don't know i've gotten to experience what like some level of fame feels like with my mom which is crazy and i get to also like bring some good vibes to the world because like there's not enough. There's there's never enough good vibes to go around as far as I'm concerned. So like if you're giving them out and like you're giving them to people, like just keep doing it. So like it's been really cool. Yeah. Oh my God. I love everything that you had to say. I've been smiling this whole time. And I think that also just kind of goes back to who you are and that you radiate positivity. And that's one thing that I really admire and, and respect about kind of everybody that goes on the circle. And you know, that's why I wanted to talk to Alyssa. That's why I wanted to talk to you. It's like you guys are normal people who had this opportunity and now it's so beautiful to see what you're all doing with it and how you're using your platforms for good. And that's something that like, you know, not every comedian or influencer necessarily does, or it's something no. that like people like will literally buy followers or like do all these things to have this platform to like post about just their makeup or just like whatever drink they're drinking. It's just like, you're doing so much more with it that matters. And it's something I just, I have so much respect for you and, and for everyone else on the show for. So well, thank you thanks. for, for being no, you. Thank you for respecting it. Um, it's, it's like you said, it's just, I think it's because we're all so normal. Yeah. Um, so like, obviously like Brew and Krista came onto the show and had millions of followers, but like, even like look at Brew's platform and Chris's platform, like there's a lot of positive stuff on it. And like, I think that there's something to be said about the type of people that get to go on this show. And uh, yeah, you know, we all try to use our platforms for what we think matters, like what we think is good. And I think that's really cool because so many other people, like you said, like they get off the show, they want 12 brand deals that are going to make them X number of dollars. And they are not, and I'm not talking about the circle. I mean like other reality shows, like they get off these shows and like, they're like, yeah. here's all the money that I want in the world. I want to quit my job and I'm good. It's like, that's not everybody though. Like you yeah. can't be everybody. So like, use it for what you have it like 
say good things, be a good person. It's, it's not hard. People choose to be terrible. Like you being a good person is easy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's actually clinically insane. Oh my God. It's something that bothers. It actually like, gives me agita on a daily basis yeah. when people are like, well, I'm going to be a stupid idiot today and be mean to you. And I'm like, I don't understand why you're making this decision. This is a cognizant decision you've made as a person. And and I I get, I get that sometimes people have really bad days, you know, like I just, I feel like growing up my, anytime somebody would like cut us off on the highway, my dad would be like, these assholes. And I'm like, maybe they just got dumped. Maybe somebody died. Maybe they're on their way to the hospital. Like I love to like try and see the good people. And I really have given like the benefit of the doubt, like to a point where it harms me, but it's just like for people to, to wake up and actively like choose evil like choose to be mean to someone in in their daily life in i mean the, the horrible things that happen to people in dating like it's just everything it's oh my so frustrating God, yeah. so true and like i said once one time in college my friends still like quoted to this day i was really drunk i was like everybody's just a person and i said it like that and it's like i think what i meant was and i still stand by it's just like everybody's trying their best like when they're just trying to like live and be a person like like you said everybody has a bad day every now and again well, like, yeah. you still have the option to be a good one, you know? You have the option. All right. So switching gears up a bit, I want to get into all the dating stuff. And I oh, know we're, there's we? a lot of fun to- stuff we're going to talk about. What was your dating life like before going on The Circle? Okay. Uh, I was, I am the relationship guy. Like, you know, you have that friend? I'm that friend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm that person. I'm like, I've been in so many like not so many relationships i'm always the person who wants to be in a relationship so like i had my first girlfriend i ever would consider my real girlfriend was junior year of high school that left lasted until i graduated high school then i had a girlfriend freshman to sophomore year of college and one end of so- like that was like beginning of sophomore year we broke up then by the last week of college my sophomore year i had another girlfriend that lasted until i graduated so i was like i was relationship guy throughout that time and then after college ended, I've been single since. I haven't been in a relationship since then, which is 2019. So it's been like uh, interesting because like you learn a lot about yourself like while you're single, as you know. So like when I was like just going through the process of being single, the pandemic happened too. So like pre-pandemic even, I looked nothing like this. Like I had like short hair. I was wearing like short sleeve button downs every day. Like it was all different. Um, but the dating life now has been strange. But before then it was like a lot of hinge dates, a lot of bumble. I'm not a Tinder person. I'm not a heathen. Um, but it was very, very strictly hinge and bumble and meeting people at bars because I like to talk to people. As you can tell, I don't shut up. So like, like meeting people is easy for me. Um, but I am and like, I like dates. I really do. Like, I like going on dates. Like I like the idea of taking somebody to a restaurant, like maybe going for a walk or like doing any of that fun stuff. That's fun for me. Like picking a restaurant, things like that. So like, that was my dating life. And like, it's since been different, obviously, but like that, like pre-show, I was like, a, I was probably like hinges greatest user. Like as far as like, I think I might have paid your bills, and it's a free app. Like you know I wish I, mean? I still worked there just so I could confirm that. <laughs> so yeah, that was my thing, and like, I used to hate the prompts, like especially when other people had them because of the like. My biggest thing uh, was two truths and a lie. 
I hated Two Truths and a Lie. Because, like, I think people are, sh- I don't think people understand what Two Truths and a Lie is supposed to be. Like, they'd be like, they give such glaring, glaring truths to the lie. And it'd be like, it'd be like, I can't ride a bike. I run every day. And then the last thing would be like, and I'm loosely related to Archbishop Desmond Tutu. And you're like, why is that the third thing? Like, it yeah. like, you could come up with something way more reasonable where I have to think about this. No, you're completely right about the two truths and lie thing. It's like, it either all has to be very specific or all has to be very broad. But if it's all very broad, you're not saying anything about yourself. But yeah, it's always like either two two not specific things and one incredibly specific thing or two very specific things and one not specific thing. And it's like, yeah. it all, it has to match each other's energy. Yeah, totally. And that's the problem like hinge there's no energy matching like literally ever i've been on so many awful hinge dates in my life that i feel like it's just like i've i've earned a medal it's so bad i, I want to hear bad date stories but i also want you to give me a two truths and a lie on the spot okay uh i went on a reality tv show <laughs> oh i didn't expect that uh-huh. um no if i had to, if i had to actually give three um about my actual life um, I can do the worm, like the dance move. Mm-hmm. Um, I, okay, I can do the worm, the dance move. I one time played guitar in front of Bruce Springsteen. And uh, the third one would have to be that my grandfather was loosely related to the person that the uh, godfather was actually based off of. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. When you're dating, it can be so easy to get caught up in the stress and anxiety of every situation. Why aren't they communicating? Why didn't they text me back? Am I getting ghosted? Why is this happening again? Why can't someone commit? I've asked myself all of these questions too, more times than I can count. You wouldn't believe what happens when you approach these situations with a different mindset and focus on solutions instead of problems. I started therapy because I was so stuck on the problems in my dating life. My therapist helped me learn why I was ending up in the same situations over and over and helped me come up with a different way and a different mindset to approach dating. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. Whether you want to be a better problem solver or a better dater, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash other people today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash other people. I have to give a quick shout out to Anchor. If you don't know about Anchor, it's Spotify's podcast platform, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Trust me. Let me tell you why. First of all, it's free, and you know I love free. Second of all, their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast directly from your phone or computer. What could be easier than that? Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere else you want it played. You can also make money from your podcast, no matter how few downloads you get regularly. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hope you love today's episode. (laughs) I feel... See, but now you're, you, it's hard. It's hard. At least the worm I didn't came so quickly to you. The worm one was like instant. And I feel like maybe I've seen you do the worm either on the show or on Instagram or something. Yeah. I believe the Bruce one. I know you are a musician. Um, but the Godfather one's also very specific. Like, how, where would you pull that out of your astrum unless it were true? I don't know. I'm going with Godfather as the lie. Yeah, the Godfather's the lie. But see, the, the problem is like, 
the improv comedy side of things like so valuable to teachers in the lives. Like it just took so me a true. minute to like get back into the into the swing of things, you know? Yeah. But it's all well, good. Good, good you job. Did, you did well. Good, good work. Good work on your end. Yeah. Also, that light was super harsh, so I just moved a little bit. <laughs> all right. All right. Worst story, worst date story. Does one stand out above yes. the others? Okay. Yes. I have two <laughs> hard yes. Off, I have two awful date stories. Um the first one uh, is my historic awful date story. I, I will tell wait. this story until the day I die as being like the worst date I've ever been on. It was a hinge date. I was living in Boston at the time. And I matched with this girl. We had messaged a little bit back and forth. She was very nice, very easy to talk to. So like, why don't we go out? Sure. Sounds great. So I picked this brewery in like South Boston and had food and games, like a fun little date spot. Like I'd never taken anybody there before, but I had been with my friends. So I was like, oh, this will be good. This like is like a nice spot, easy to get to know somebody. And like, it's one of those places where like, if you want to keep the date going, you can. It's not just like sitting at the table. It's like you could go play arcade games or you could like go sit at the bar and just have a drink. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we go and like we're sitting and it's like a nice place. She oh, – well, so let me clarify. We didn't go at the same time. That's part of the reason why the state sucked. I showed up and I was waiting for her to get there. And like running late is fine. I don't care if you're running late. Like that happens. So you were late to this podcast recording. Yeah, I ran. I forgave you. You We're on good terms. Running late is great. Yeah, running late is great. Um, As far as I'm concerned, running late is actually awesome. No, but so uh, she was so she was running late, which is fine. And that wasn't the reason that it sucked. It was because when she showed up and she was late, she comes in and she goes, hi, nice to meet you. She gives me a hug or whatever. She goes, notice anything different about me. I never met this girl in my life. And I was like, I panicked. And my immediate instinct was, did you get a haircut? Because like, I always feel like that's the thing that men don't notice. And it seemed like a good gamble. And she goes, no, I recently lost 25 pounds. What? And I was like, hold on. <laughs> was it before or after the hinge pictures that I should have noticed that you lost 25 pounds? So the day gets off to a bad start. She does not like me because I didn't notice her weight loss that I didn't know existed. Not great. Um, oh, guys, okay, note to everybody here, do not walk into a date and ask them to comment on your weight loss or gain. Uh, yeah, it was terrible because I felt bad. It wasn't like I was like, like, fuck that. I, sh- I was like, oh my gosh, should I have noticed that? Like, I started to feel terrible. And... I was like, okay, we're going to move on. We're going to be fine. So we're talking. It's a nice conversation. Like back to the normal conversation that we were having. Like like not like the normal type of conversation we were having, you know. And then the waitress came and took our order. She was super nice. And I'm a big advocate of be nice to wait staff because I've been a part of it. Like my dad's worked in the service industry his whole life. Like I hate when people are rude to waiters, waitresses, anything because you don't know what they're going through today. And a lot of it isn't even in their control. That's my plug. Now. Uh, this girl orders a New York strip steak at a brewery, which is a red flag of red flags. Um, I don't know why, I don't know in what world that would happen, but it was like, it was one of those things where it's like the brewery itself, like it didn't really have like a kitchen program. It would have like a different like group come work the food for like that day. So like right. whether it was a food truck or like a restaurant adjacent, this was like a restaurant adjacent had come to like plug their restaurant at the brewery. So there was a New York strip on the menu. She ordered it. I ordered, I think, I think I ordered like like a chicken dish of some sort that was like 
like a chicken cutlet with like salad or something. It was something easy, but she orders it and she got it medium. It's important. Uh, (laughs) The steak comes, she cuts into it. And like, I mean, it was like the worst acting I've ever seen in my life. She cut into it open, went overcooked just like that. And I was like, she didn't even look at it. So I'm like, but I was like, nice about it. I was like, okay, do you want to like get the waitress? Like, She's like, I'll get her. So she flies the waitress down and starts giving this lady the business, like screaming at this girl. Like she's like, I can't eat this. This is ridiculous. She's like, I have secondhand embarrassment hearing this. Like for both of you. Oh my god, I I'm the type of person that I shut a TV show off when the like when an embarrassing moment happened. I walk away if anyone at my table is sending back their food. Like I can't handle it. Even if they're nice about it, I can't handle it. My skin crawls, and the way she was handling it was so bad, and I'm freaking out. And I, like, I'm like internally like, I have to leave. I can't do this. I'm freaking out. And the waitress was like, do you want me to get you another one? She was like, that would be great. And the waitress was like, let me get that out of your way. And the girl was like, no, no, no. Don't worry about it. What? And me and the waitress both kind of looked at her and we're like, okay. And the waitress was just like, whatever. Goes, gets, like, puts another steak. And the girl goes, I was just doing that so we could get a free steak. But you didn't want a steak. I was like, not even I didn't want a steak. I was like, you were what? getting a free steak regardless. I was paying for the steak. Like, I don't know why you were. Like, I don't know why you you just insisted on ruining some girl's night. Did she? Did she want like left? Did she take the leftovers home? She took it home. She took a oh my whole God. steak home. Oh my god! Maybe and this I, is how she funds her meal. Like she goes on the date, but then always does this to get food for the next night or if she doesn't have a date the next night at least she she'll she'll be well fed she literally on the way out i was like i couldn't imagine having a worse date i didn't say anything to her i was like you know i'm just gonna be polite i'm gonna hug her i'm gonna drive home and it's gonna be over and she was like so i'd love to see you again and i just went i was like (laughs) i'm gonna be honest i just don't think we're very compatible people um (laughs) you're very nice i like because like i didn't want to like be like you ruined a waitress's night tonight for a free steak from a brewery. Like that is ridiculous. Like, that, is, <laughs> that is a crazy thing. So How did like, she react to you saying that? She was like, okay, I understand. Like, it's fine. Like she was kind of all right about it because I wasn't like, I mean, she got two steaks out of it. The two steaks. And I was really nice. Like, I, I was like, you know, like, it's not your fault. Like, I just think like, we're not really compatible people. Like, Maybe we could be friends, but I don't think we should date. Like, doing that whole thing. Yeah. Um, because, like, it was hard for me to be nice. And, and it was hard for me to be honest. And it, it takes a lot for me to do that. So I was like, I, just, I really want to be honest with her, but I also don't want to, like, be rude. So I was just going to yeah. like give her the usual spiel of, like, why we shouldn't have a second date. Wow. I'm so sorry you went through that. Bad Lots date of prayers go though, out right? to you. Bad date story. That is- amazing bad date story that's that's what i always say like there are going to be terrible things that happen in your dating life and nine out of ten of them you can laugh off and turn into a hilarious story and this 100%. is a prime example of one of those oh my god yeah like i also love the i just love the gall of her like by the end of that story you forget it started with her saying that did you notice i lost 25 pounds I don't know how she's losing 25 pounds if she's, she's eating, eating two steaks. Two steaks. 
And I'm not like I I don't have a place to like comment on someone's way. I don't know this girl, but like <laughs> something doesn't add up here. Maybe well, she's going on dates with like a lot of personal trainers also. Maybe she yeah, maybe it was like I was her meal date and the others are just at like a CrossFit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That's unreal. All right. Do you think you've ever done anything really embarrassing? Not to that extent or to that extent on a date. Okay. I don't think I've ever been a bad date because like I, I like to talk to people and like I like to be personable, but I, I have like definitely done like embarrassing things without mm. realizing like that they're embarrassing, you know, or like I've done like, I've done the classic like clumsy embarrassing things where it's like I spill something on myself or like, and it's like it immediately paints that person, that person's painting of you in their mind changes because like, huh. Like, that was so embarrassing. Like, you know what I mean? But the most embarrassing thing I've ever done on a date, it was actually in Hoboken. I had just moved here. And I had seen this girl a couple times. Like, we had, we had gone out on two or three dates. And this was, like, like whatever, but the third or fourth one. I don't really remember the number. We were up walking by the water. And we were just, like, talking. And I was, like, we were having a really good conversation and walking at the same time. And a drunk person on a city bike ran into me and the girl the girl just like was looking at me and the guy on the city bike is like he we're both not doing well but she helped him up first and i don't know why like in my mind like i was i just got hit by a bike i was like what are you doing i like out loud was like what happened like why are you helping him up he just hit me with a city bike and i and she was like are you okay? I was like, no, I'm not okay. And I, I ultimately, I apologized to her. I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't mean to freak out like that. I was like, but I just got hit by a bike and I have no well, idea. I was physically hurt and now I'm emotionally hurt. <laughs> I was like, I see where I rank in the important scale. I didn't see her again after that. That was bad. Um, yeah, but like really the worst, the worst of the worst is always like, for me at least, for some reason happens behind closed doors. It's never dates. Like the worst of the worst happens to me when nobody else can see or hear it. And I have to be the one who has to like, as a person, internalize it and be like, you have to deal with this tomorrow. Like you have to wake up and, and be like, I have to deal with it. And like, that's always me. This happened. I did this. There's nobody else to blame. Yep. Yeah. All the time. We all have those moments. I, I, I want to ask, but I don't know if it's, is is it crossing a line? Is it too personal for me to ask you to give us? All right, let's hear some okay do you want to hear all right a lot of my stories are long though you have to realize that like i i don't want to give you something to go for it go for it okay i will give you the worst the two worst one night stands of my life the first one i'll keep it i'll give you the short one then i'll give you the long one so that you get like a tidbit and then like the length so like the you know how sex works i guess and then um but the short no no, can you explain (laughs) yeah oh okay so when a man and a woman love each other very much they decide to go back to a man's apartment with a Ferris Bueller's <laughs> Day Off mural and a few records on the wall. And they, and they decide to have sex on a memory foam mattress that's also stacked on top of another mattress. That's not a joke. I just didn't know how to get rid of the second mattress. You know what? I'm proud of you that your mattress is not on the floor. Thank you. I have the bed frame and the uh, the headboard to make people know that I have my life together. Mama Carol's probably really proud. Also a top sheet person as well. So like, I, I like, thank you. So am I, I, I did not know that people were not top sheet people until I met my boyfriend, Jake. And I was like, 
where's your sheet? He's like, what do you mean? No. I'm like, and he just doesn't have one. He thinks it's stupid that I do. And I'm like, well, get used to it because you will forever have a top sheet now. The, the top sheet is the greatest thing ever because like in instances where you're like either really cold or really hot or like, you know, what I, when you're really hot in particular and you have the comforter on or the blanket on over it, but you still want that blank. Like you still want something on you. So you're not sleeping like with just your clothes on, like you got the top sheet. Yeah. Also, just from a sanitary perspective, like if you're dating people and if you are sleeping with multiple people, you're not getting your comforter or your duvet dry cleaned between each. It's true. Unless you're like an aristocrat, which would be ridiculous (laughs) if an aristocrat was just having one night stands. Could you imagine that that optic? It's just like, I'm really wealthy, but I like to just make a mess of my... (laughs) I Egyptian refuse to have a top sheet because this yeah. is kind of, it's part of my my vibe. Yeah, exactly. It's like a lot. Of, the whole bedroom is like covered in white and silk, but it's like, don't worry, the duvet is just at the dry cleaners. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but oh, bad one night stands. Uh, the first one, um, this girl and I had hooked up. Like, we had come back to my my uh, my apartment, and we were hooking up. And she was the type of person who wanted to believe she was good at dirty talk. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But she certainly wasn't. And she said something that haunted me. And it oh still does. Like, I still know what it, I like, I like to believe I know what it meant. But like, to my, like, in my head, I'm still like, there's an inkling of doubt. But we were like, like, we were having sex. And she goes, you're like a Rolls Royce. And that was like, so confusing in the middle of having sex to hear. Because like, you're like, you're like in the middle of something that requires attention, but also like most people are like, I have to focus on so many things right now. And she just told me I'm like a luxury vehicle. So I don't know like what to hear. I don't know where to like go here. <laughs> I just be What's like, the first thing that popped into your mind when she said that? Cause to me, I hear Rolls Royce. I think of it as like an old car. Well, that that's another way to look at it. Thank you. Uh, but I was like, in the moment I heard it and I remember, actually, it's so funny, you man. Cause I remember like, we're in the middle of having sex and she goes, you're like a Rolls Royce. And I went, what? Like literally just like that. And like out loud. And I was so confused. And she like, but then she had no reaction to it. So like, I couldn't get the follow-up cause I already reacted poorly to what I can only assume is like her go-to line. Like, you oh know, like, God so i was like well, all right you know, at least she didn't say you're like a volvo yeah or like yeah or like a, a hyundai like a toyota corolla yeah an 05 corolla you're you're like you're, you're like, like an a, uber you're like an oldsmobile it's like oh <laughs> christ <laughs> you're like a horse and carriage yeah it just like keeps getting worse and worse as the sex keeps going she's like you're basically like the invention of the wheel and it's like oh come on like it can't be that bad <laughs> You're a razor scooter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're a razor scooter when it hits your shins. Like it's it's just like, at first it hurts. Then you're like, did I like that? And then you're like, no, it hurts. It's terrible. <laughs> oh my god, that's unreal. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, but then I'll give you the long story. Uh, this is a story that I actually tell on stage. So if you ever come see me do stand up, shameless plug. It's a thing. Where um, where can people go see you do stand up? Please um, fully plug. All over New York City, but uh, especially Greenwich Village Comedy Club, Broadway Comedy Club, every now and again. Um, I'm doing a bunch of pop-up shows at the tiny cupboard, which is exciting. Uh, and then I'm actually working on booking like a tour in the works, like eight cities, um, which is crazy. And then, 
uh, September 1st, Quinnipiac University, my alma mater. I am shooting a special, which is so awesome. That's didn't sick. think I would ever get a chance to do that. So I'm doing a 45-minute special at Quinnipiac. So that's going to be un- unreal. Hell um, yeah. And you might get a chance to hear this story if you come see me live at any point. But this is the deal. I had just gotten out of – I mentioned to you I'm a relationship guy. And I had a two-year relationship in college that ended – right at the end of college like literally graduated may june we had broken up and i was pretty bummed pretty devastated she broke up with me uh didn't really like i was like really having a tough time grasping with it and uh i hadn't been single throughout the entirety of college so like i really didn't get to do a lot of growing pains of the being single aspect of life right so i will say being single in college i feel like nobody grows through that process anyway yeah i mean it does it, you're still like a kid you know what yeah. i mean so like, you're definitely not wrong and i think that that's like a misconception but for me like i didn't get even the taste of what that was to even right. look back on it you know yeah so i graduate we have this breakup fine a week goes by and uh my one of my best friends matt was like Hey, look, you got to get out. Like, like I was really not going out. I was really bummed. Like I was taking it hard. He's like, we got to go out. Let's just go get a beer. We'll go on Sunday. So like, nobody's even around. Like just, you get out of the house Like you don't have to talk to people. We'll watch. I think it was like, it was in the summer. So like baseball was on. We'll go watch a game. Like it'll be fine. Okay. So we go to this bar in our hometown and it is desolate. Like, there's nobody there. And I'm like, okay, I like this. This is my vibe right now. This is fine. So Matt and I are sitting there, we're having a couple of beers, we're watching the game, and in walks this dude who Matt knows, but I don't know, which is weird to me. Like I was like, I don't know this guy, so they must like work together or something. And because uh, I've known Matt my whole life, and uh, he was like, we're bringing some girls in here, we're gonna have a little party. You guys should join us. Okay, sure, uh, whatever that means. So they come in, and this girls' party that he's talking about is seven dudes and two girls. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So right away I'm like, that's a no. I was like, I don't even want to join whatever that is gonna be. And uh Matt is like, all right, whatever, like we'll just stay over here. And from where we were sitting at the bar, so like there's like a, it was a rectangular bar, and we were like on this corner and they were on the far corner, and right by the far corner is the door to go if like you're gonna have a smoke and Matt smokes cigarettes. So he's gonna go have a smoke. I stayed in the bar and I'm chilling, I don't smoke healthy. Um, and Matt walks out, uh, has a smoke, comes back and he starts talking to the two girls by himself. I'm like, good for him. I was like, I don't really feel like doing anything. And Matt finishes talking to them. It seems like it's gone really well for him. And he comes back and he goes, John, tomorrow we have to go to Hooters. And I was like, why do we have to go to Hooters tomorrow? <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> and he goes, because that's where they work. And I said, oh my God, how am I roped into this? He goes, we'll go on like a double date. I was like, where they work. And he was like, I guess that doesn't make any sense. I was like, are they working tomorrow? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> he, he, I was like, I think they just wanted business, Matt. I don't think they really wanted a double date. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I was like, Why don't we just go talk to them and see what their deal is? So I go over and talk to them and I'm talking to one girl and she ends up being like super, super nice, like very sweet, easy to talk to. And she's explaining, she's like, I don't enjoy working at Hooters, uh, but I go to college right now and it's just like a summer job and it's fine. I was like, hey, look, power to you. Like, 
whatever. I don't judge you at all for it. Like a job's a job. And like, we're talking for a bit and she was like, we're going to go to another bar. You, you should come with us. And I'm like, at the time living at home, she's living at home as she'd mentioned to me because she's home from like, she's going into her senior year of college. And I'm like, nah, like, I don't want to do that. Cause like, I don't want to keep going out and then just go home really late and have an expensive Uber and hate myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, no, my parents are actually away for the weekend. I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to go with you. So we go to this other bar. It goes well. We Uber back to her place. We go into her house. We have sex. We fall asleep. At five in the morning, I wake up because I hear some commotion going on downstairs in her house. Stop. I, oh my, God. my gut instinct is <laughs> we were drunk. We left the door open. There is something or somebody in this house. That's and, your gut instinct? Well, because she said nobody else is home. So I think somebody's like breaking into her home. So oh me being God. the valiant hero that I am, sat up in nothing but Calvin Klein underwear, like I'm going to go be a hero. And she grabs my shoulder, like as I'm trying to like leave her bed, she goes, where are you going? I go, there's someone in the house. And just like that. Oh she goes, my God. it's just my dad. And I was like, it's your what and she goes it's my dad but don't worry he's in the army and he has an (laughs) early shift so he'll be out of here soon and i'm like he's in the what like (laughs) at that point you probably wished it was an intruder yeah because i went from like having sex in a house with one person having sex in a house with their trained killer dad in the house and i'm like this is terrifying so I'm like, I'm trying to figure out a way out of there. And then there's a knock on her door and in walks the dad, but I just like throw the comforter over myself and I dead fish with like my mouth, like right at the top. And I'm like breathing, like, like trying not to be loud. Not to, move, like, not to be loud, not to move. Yeah. And I'm like, this man kills people for a living or did. And like now he recruits people to kill people. So like, I'm kind of nervous. And, uh, he's like, talking about he was like hey is everything all right she's like yeah why and he's like your light's been on like all night i was just checking to see if you were okay or if you made it home and like they were talking for a little bit he was just being like a good dad essentially just like making sure she was alive and well but he didn't like come near the like the bed he was just like in the doorway so i he i don't think he ever noticed me but in the process of doing this let their dog into the room And the dog jumped onto the bed <laughs> and just curled up and laid on my chest. So now I'm like having an even harder time breathing, trying not to be loud with a canine on my chest. <laughs> I'm like, oh like struggling. And he's like, all right, I got to go. I'll see you later. And he shuts the door, leaves the dog in the room. And the dog just stays on the bed with me and this girl. And the girl is like, She's trying to calm me down and she's like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Like you'll get out. You'll be fine. Like, don't worry about it. I'm like, okay, whatever. You'll make it out alive. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go then. And she goes, no, you can't leave though. And I'm like, why can't I leave? And she was like, because my mom is about to get up and go to work. I was like, your mom's here too. Like, I was like, you said you had an open house. She was like, well, starting tomorrow. I was like, that is not the same. What? 
I was like, that is not the same as what you've described to me. I thought we were here alone. <laughs> She's like, no. And so the, as we're like arguing about this a little bit, the mom open like just opens the door. Oh my lights god. Lights are off at this point because the dad shut the light off as he left. And just lets the dog out of the room. Like doesn't even look at the bed, nothing like that. But leaves the door open. So now I'm just like laying flat under the comforter, hoping to never get noticed until the mom leaves. And a few minutes later, the mom starts yelling upstairs, like, come on, we got to go. We got to go. I'm thinking she's yelling for the girl next to me who is now falling back asleep somehow while I'm having like my taken moment, like just feeling like I'm about to lose my life. Yep. And turns out this girl has a sister who's also home. Also home. Oh my God. And the sister does a classic sister thing where she needs something from the girl that I slept with. So she just comes right in the room and is looking for it. And she goes, hey, is there – I'm not going to use her real name. So, like, hey, is there someone in Sasha's bed? And the mom goes, I don't think so. While this girl's, like, rummaging for whatever she needs in her sister's room. And the, and the girl goes, I think there is. So I hear the mom walking upstairs, and I am under this comfort. I've evaded so much danger to this point. And I'm like, if I shut my eyes, it's not real. So I just close my eyes, and I hear her walk in. She peels back the comforter. And I feel her looking like directly into my face, you know, and I am so like petrified at this moment that I distinctly remember my face doing this. I went <laughs> so afraid. She throws the comforter back on top of me and goes, yep, there is like screams it leaves, slams the door behind me, which led me to believe this girl has done this before. I don't think she was that bad at me, but I was like, now I have to leave. They know I'm here. I'm getting up. I'm going home. So I called the lift to the corner right outside their house. I threw my clothes back on. I tapped the girl on the shoulder to wake her up. And I said, I'm leaving. I cannot remember remember when I had a more enjoyable evening. And I left. I never spoke to her again because that was terrible. Um, but I walk out the front door think, because I noticed that nobody else was there. So I just go out the front door. And as I'm walking out, the mom and the sister are literally getting into their car. And they see me and they stop and I see them. And my Uber is like, well, my Lyft is like behind where they are. Oh no. So I'm like, I have to say something. I have to say something to them. I can't just like walk by quietly. So in my head, I come up with beautiful morning. I'm like, just say beautiful morning and keep walking. Do not break stride. It's going to be fine. I take a couple steps and I go to say it. And because I'm so nervous, I don't just say beautiful morning. My voice cracks. So I go, beautiful morning. And I just walk <laughs> into this Lyft. I get in and I go home and that was my rebound from a two year relationship that one night stand. And that is wow. the worst one night stand of my life. I know it's a long story. Feel free to edit it as you please. But there is, is not a single second of that story getting edited out. John. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yes. It's terrible. I want to go to every single show you have so I can hear that story every <laughs> single time. Yeah, my all my comedy is basically stories, but that one always does well because like whenever I do that one and there's definitely a date going on in the crowd, I'm like, oh yeah, it can't be the worst date. It cannot be yeah. the worst date ever. Like seriously, oh my god. Okay, so from the these experiences that you've had, and and I really think experience is the correct word because wow, um, have you kind of finessed the art? of a one night stand, you know, like do's and don'ts for oh, yeah, having yeah. a proper one and not getting into this type of situation. Well, thank God. Um, the do's and don'ts of a one night stand. I mean, 
There's a lot. There's a lot. But I would say at the basics, if you know like this person like is coming back to your apartment or you're going to theirs and you know this is a one like a one night thing, like treat them with some respect. Like treat the whole situation with some respect. I feel like so many people are like one night stands. Nice. Just... What? That'd be nice. Well, yeah. Well, in general, you know, like I feel like so many people like it's not just like a guy's thing. I think girls can, are, can be akin to it too, but it's like in general, if you're hooking up with somebody, show some respect to the person because you don't know what they're going through that they're having a one night stand. Some people it's a rebound. Some people they're like, they had a really bad breakup and they just need to do something. Like there's a bunch of different situations. People have one night stands. So first thing first is respect the situation. Nobody, not everybody's going into it just to like fucking go to bed. Like, you know what I mean? Not everybody is just like, I just want to like have sex with somebody and that's it. Like, even though that at the end of the day, that is what it is. Um, two, besides the respect thing, is that like, I, I'm a big advocate of stay over one night stand unless the person insists on you not staying over or like they insist on not staying over like your apartment because like, you never know how some, what somebody feels comfortable with or what the deal is. But, like, it's nice to know that you, like, even though that person, like, is somebody you just had sex with, you might have just met for the first time. You probably did just meet for the first time. Like, it's that it's that feeling of, like, they still want to be there or, like, they still want you there and you can make the decision to leave. Like, or make them leave. You know what I mean? I think it's very important. Um, always, I don't understand how people do this. Uh, the I just, I don't know, but like, you could like have a condom with you at all times. Like, I don't know why. Like, dudes are so is it, they're always like, oh, I don't have protections. Like, bro, like I, I maybe they're gonna be guys listening to this being like, he's a loser, and that's fine. But like, it's so easy to carry a condom with you. It's a respectable thing to do. Nobody is ever gonna have sex with you and be like, oh, you have a condom. Like, you're safe. Like, you're a safe person. That's so dumb. It's like, fucking get it together. Um, and, like, I think it's such a lame excuse because, like, I had, like, I I have a friend who he's, like, he's, like, the condoms are for quitters person. And, like, he's all, and which is fine. I, I, no, no shame on that. Like, obviously, there's a time and place, like, if you're hooking up with somebody for a long time or, like, you're dating them and, like, you guys decide to not use condoms, that's fine, whatever. I'm not saying, like, everybody use condoms all the time. But, like, when you're hooking up with a bunch of different people all the time, it's important to have them. And uh, he hooks up with a lot of different people. And he, he's like, I just tell them, like, oh, I don't have one. Or, like, what? And I'm always hooking up at their place. And I was like, and that works? Like, girls can very easily just be like, then I won't have sex with you. Like, like not, not very easily. I shouldn't say that. Like, girls have the option to say no. Like, I don't want to have sex with you. It's like, it's crazy to think that, like, because of the way so many things work now, that, like, that the whole, like, condom thing is so, it's still hard to, break through a dude's brains with so just it's like the only you. thing we learn in health class is to yeah. like have a condom and, and there like, are a lot of reasons for it oh and like how about the other like there are so many people who are like it's all right they're all on birth control I'm like no dude they're not like and don't ge generalize that birth control is a hard thing to deal with like i have a younger sister and like i know like like she's given me like very little detail on like why birth control is like such a hard thing to deal with but like she's given me enough to understand that it's like not every girl uses it not every woman can use it like there's so many different things like 
for people to generalize that birth control is a usable thing across the board, some people can't afford it. Like it's a whole, there's a whole different thing that like goes on with it. That it's so crazy to me that like, dude, just think that, Oh, because it's a pill. It's easier. I was like, is it really that hard to like just throw a piece of rubber in your wallet? You bring your wallet everywhere. Like it's not that hard. There, there's a pharmacy on every corner. If you live in any city in the and, world, and most of them are 24 hours. Yeah. Most of them. Yep. Like I, it's, that's one of my big things. I remember as another story for you, I totally forgot this was a thing, but it unlocked a memory. So you're going to have to hear it. Um, so I, when I was in Connecticut for a while, um, I, not while I was in Connecticut, I was visiting some friends at school. This is like after I had graduated and I had, um, I had gone out a bunch of friends, ended up talking to this girl for the night. Um, I took, I went home with her, like to her apartment and, um, things are going well. And she was like, do you have a condom? And I said, yes. Cause like I always do. And I go like, I'm checking like all of my stuff, my pants, my wallet is empty. So like at some point I have gotten snaked of things in my wallet. Like I still had like a few cards, but not all of them were there. All of my cash was gone. And in my billfold where my wallet is, is where I keep the condoms. So I'm like, fuck, I don't have one. It looks like I must've like lost some stuff. I don't know if I got like pickpocketed and somebody got my wallet back into my pocket. <laughs> Someone I, just took the condom. No, like, they took like a bunch of shit or like, I just was so drunk that I dropped a lot of stuff. I don't know how it went down, but basically I, I was like, I, I don't have a condom. And she was like, there's a Crowsers on the corner. Like you should, you could go there. I was like, perfect. So I go, I go to the Crowsers and I'm standing in line at the Crowsers with the one credit card I have that maintained in my wallet somehow besides like my Metro card that was still in there. And I'm, I'm waiting and I'm like, this, the cashier's giving me a dirty look and the girl behind me is giving me a dirty look. And I'm, I'm thinking because like I'm holding condoms at two in the morning in the Crowsers. I'm like, it's the classic, you know, he's buying condoms or whatever. So I put on the counter and the guy's like just looking at me and he just puts his hand out for my card. Doesn't say anything to me. I'm like, how you doing? He's like, giving me a dirty look take it i turn around the woman is still looking at me with this repulsive look i walk outside and i realize amidst the mass confusion of i can't find my wallet condom all that stuff uh i only put a shirt on and was just in boxers and a shirt <laughs> and, <trousers. laughs> and i was like i'm like I was like, so I looked down and I was like, should I go back in and explain? I was like, I just got to go back. <laughs> and I go back in and the girl was cracking up because like she didn't see me because it was like the, the lights are off in the room. So I just like yeah. quickly got together and ran out the door. <laughs> I was like, I'm an idiot. But yeah, that's have a condom so, so that funny. doesn't happen to you. So you don't have to walk the streets in boxers and not realize it. See, okay, you will never have as big of a date fail as John. You'll never have as big of a going to get a condom fail as John. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I'm, I'm providing yeah. to the internet nowadays. <laughs> That's unreal. Okay, there's one more story that I'm going to make you tell because it, it kind of, you know, relates to what you just said um, and brings up the thought for me of like how far some men might go to have sex with someone. And it's a story oh. you told that I heard on a podcast that you were on that came out today about what happened at the museum of sex. Oh my God. Yes. This is my favorite thing that has happened to me 
in the last calendar month. And I was on a TV show <laughs> in that span. I so, was cracking up listening to this and it's the perfect way to, to close out this episode. Oh, I'm so excited you brought this up. All right. So shout out the heart to heart podcast. He's a great listen. Uh, you listen to the whole thing. Yeah. I, I have like 20 minutes left. Okay. Well, if you, you've listened to enough of it to know, like dude's a good interview. Like, he yeah. Really oh yeah. He was great. He's a lot of fun to plug him a little bit there. Cause he was dope. Um, but he had asked me about like what it's like being a comedian and like, how do you come up with material? And I was like, when you're a comedian, you hyper-focus on situations that you find to be crazy. And I was, Alyssa and I together get invited to events a lot because of like how the show kind of shook down. And one thing was Alyssa got invited to the museum of sex to go to this. Um, it was like this exhibit of like a bunch of, it was like a photography exhibit and it was like, it was interesting. And she was like, she basically asked the museum if they wanted me to come too as part of the show, you know? And they were like, yeah, bring John. Like, that'd be great. So we took a bunch of pictures, like her and I were around the event together a lot, but it was like, I was having a hard time relating to the event because the event was basically like a huge aspect of it was like a photographer is taking pictures of people having sex and they're masturbating at the same time. So they will only, but they only take a picture of the couple having sex when they're climaxing. So I was like, I am, I so feel interesting. interesting. I'm out of my element. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I don't really know what I'm out of my I, element hearing about it. I'm just having a tough time being like present in the moment. And like, Alyssa makes fun of me a lot for this because I always, when I'm not in the moment of things, I don't, I don't really understand the setting of where I am. So like, this is how this happens. So like, I'm standing there and I'm looking around and I look up and there's a blind man at this art exhibit walking around like cane and everything. And I'm nudging Alyssa and she's like having a conversation. I'm like really trying to get her attention. I'm like, do you see this shit? And she's like, no, I don't what are you talking about? And I was like, there's a blind man at the art exhibit. And she was like, so I was like, he can't see anything. I was like, it's all about sight. Like, this is awesome. And she was like, I, John, she's like, I don't, I don't know. John. I was like, no, listen, this is my art exhibit. I have to find out why he's here. She was like, no, you can't. I was like, no, I have to find out why he's here. So this was a three story art exhibit. And I followed him from that story until the very end because i had to understand like was he there for the art i don't know i thought like there was some part of me that thought like i was nervous that the blind man wandered in nobody stopped him and he had no idea where he was no and he was, he was at the museum of sex yeah but this guy i mean he did not give a shit he is like walking around he's hitting exhibits with his cane he is not stopping he's not breaking stride and i am loving it i am like keeping a reasonable follower's distance but being like this is sick he's going upstairs he's having no trouble he gets all the way to the end and the end of this exhibit is an open bar so i'm like finally i have him basically to myself to understand why an, a blind man is at an art exhibit so i'm like i'm not realizing what i did be is creepy at all i just think it's like i'm so enthralled by having to find out because i need to be able to tell this story to other people um, and we're, I go, God damn it. Um, <laughs> he 
he sits down at the bar. He orders himself a drink, and I think this is the time for me to go up to him. I tap him on the shoulder, and he immediately gets, like, spooked. Because, like, he's blind. And he didn't know anybody was there with him. And I was like, hey, man, uh, I don't mean to be rude. I was like, but can I sit down with you and, like, have a drink? I was like, I'm not really feeling the event much. Like, I'm just trying to chalk it up and be like, man, I was like, what's up, man? I'm Johnny. I was like, hey, I'm Kevin. What's up? Nice to meet you. Um, and Kevin or Kevin? Kevin. Kevin. And, yeah, Kevin. Or, it was Kevin. And I'm like, I, was, I was there. His name is Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. So, man, I'm Kevin. And, like, we're talking for a bit. And Kevin's a really nice guy. And um, I realize I'm just befriending a blind man at this point. Like, I'm not getting to the point of why I'm here. I'm just, like, I'm really enjoying the conversation with this blind man named Kevin at the open bar at the Museum of Sex, both and I, both of us having a clitorita and just having a great time. And, like, we're, like, we're very, we're very, very buzzed at this point. I'm like, all right, Kevin, I got to ask you, man, what is a blind man doing at an art event? And he laughed because, like, he realizes how crazy it is. And he was like, so there's this girl. And I'm like, all right. Like, right away, I'm like, <laughs> of course there is. But he's like, so she's working the event. And we have gone out a couple times. I'm hoping that by being here and supporting her, I might be able to, like, take her home or go home with her tonight. And I was like, Finally, I get it. I was like, finally, I get it. Like, so many times people are like, men are hypersexual. Like, what, to what extent will a man to go to have sex with you? I finally figured it out. There's no more of an extent than a blind man going to a three-story art exhibit that he can't see just to get laid on the off chance. Yeah. And on his and he left with the woman. And I was like, fuck yeah, Kevin. Go like, Kevin! I remember... I don't know if they hooked up. I don't know the detail of the end of it. But by God, Kevin taught me a lesson that day. And it was just like, men will go to a lot. But at the yep. most, a blind man will go not see things that you definitely need to see just <laughs> to have sex. And that is so cool to me. I was like, I love you. I love you, Kevin. So shout out, Kevin. Shout out, Kevin. I hope Kevin somehow learns that he has become a legend to us. Honestly, like whether it's for sex or just like for, you know, the fact that you like someone like I love the effort. I yeah. so respect and appreciate the effort. And I think that's something that like we all can learn from. Be present. Be present is important. Like yeah. you never know what little things or big things matter to people. Um, and then uh, the other thing I was going to say is like, also, you could just learn from the fact that like, if you like somebody, you kind of got to do things you don't want to do. And yeah. like, he showed up to something. I can't imagine a blind person <laughs> has ever been like, you know what I want to go to do today? Go to the Guggenheim. Like, you know what I mean? Like they can't like take in an event at a museum ever. But like, yeah. he was like, nah, I did it. Cause I support this person. So that's pretty dope. Like you got to give yeah. him some, some credit there. You know, I, I appreciate it. you bringing it Beautiful. up. That's unreal. It's, it's truly unreal. I was cracking up the entire time like unreal um wow john this has been incredible i'm oh so sad that we're at the end of this <laughs> no i know i feel like i talked for so much of it so uh but i i that love is it. what's supposed to happen here i know i know that's fair that's fair <laughs> i'm usually on your side of things not on mine so like it's fair. nice to know that i didn't i did an all right job but no thank you so much for having me on this has been so much fun and like 
so different than like the usual stuff that I've been doing with like the whole, like talking about the show and things like that. So I really appreciate what you're doing. And like, I love the platform. So keep doing what you're doing. I loved it. Thank you. Before I let you go, one last question. Yeah. What is the best piece of dating advice you've ever gotten? Mm. Okay. Besides my worst date, this is a real, like, this is something that I still stand by. It's like, first dates are hard for every, besides that, all the first date is what I'm saying. But it's this great dating advice. I stand by this. First dates are hard for everybody, whether you're good at them or not. Give everybody the benefit of the doubt and just understand that we're all going through it together because you might think you went on a bad date. It might not have been that bad. You might be comparing somebody to an ex who you liked a lot. Like, don't do that. Like, just remember if you're dating and you're actively dating, first dates are difficult. So if somebody had a bit of a rough go because they felt awkward or like they were just like having a tough time conversing, that might not be their full personality. It's just hard to put yourself out there. So understand it's a two-way street. If you're good at it, they might not be so good at it. So let it get some time to open up. I love that. That's so perfect. And I completely stand by that and agree with that. On that note, John, thank you so, so much. Where can everybody find you? Oh, you're the best. Um, So at underscore John Franklin, underscore, underscore on Instagram. If you search John Franklin, I should come up. Uh, And then on TikTok at John Franklin Comedy. Uh, YouTube, your heart. It's hard to find John Franklin on YouTube, but if you go to any one of my social media pages, you'll find it. But TikTok and Instagram are my big ones. A lot of comedy stuff coming there. Uh, Tour dates, things like that to be announced. And, um, yeah, that's really it. So if you ever want to see some positivity every morning, I wake up, tell everybody it's a good day to have a day. So you better have a day. Um, and other than that, just preaching positivity everywhere I can and making some funny stuff along the way, as well as some music. So go find me at those spots. Alana, this has been so much fun. Uh, thank you for giving me the chance to plug myself because, uh, I, that sounds so weird the way I said that. Thank you for giving me a chance <laughs> to plug my socials because uh, it means a lot. And I love like building a little community, like I said. So you're the best. I appreciate you. Of course, you're the best. Yeah, you guys definitely check out his shows if you're in the area of New York or if you're also in the area where John goes on tour, uh, you'll definitely see me at one of them. Um, to everyone who listened, thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to give a five-star rating and review on Apple and Spotify if you haven't yet. Send this to your group chat. Everybody can use laughs right now. There is so much happening in the world that we're not going to get into. But what we can get into is spreading the word about John, about seeing other people, and really about this episode because I don't think I've ever laughed so much on an episode. And why not? do your friends your coworkers, your cousins your family group chat the favor of sharing the laughs and the love with them so send this to them if you extra loved it share it on your story tag john franklin tag seeing other people and tune in next time for more seeing other people